0: Hey, Sibley Dow here, host of Secrets from the Saddle, and I'm super excited about having Hunter Allen come back to the podcast to be interviewed after two years. So please take a moment to listen to our interview that happened two years ago in January, or maybe it was November, but in any case, catch it before we catch up with him in January it's going to be so phenomenal because really he's one of the founders of Training Peaks and he's worked very closely to develop Swift. He has his own coaching company called Peaks Coaching Group and I am really really excited to sit down with him and find out what he's been up to in the last two years. So please join me and make sure to catch us for the January episode. Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Deau, your host I am so excited today to bring you one of the legendary coaches in power training, Hunter Allen. Now, so, just to give you a little background of what's going on, my name is Sylvie Doe I'm a Level 3 National Cycling Performance Coach here in Chelsea, Quebec, Canada. And I am a personal trainer. Um, I used to have a spinning studio. I have a woman's cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks here with 125 members. I've coached over 800 ladies in this region on cycling. And I just love, love, love absolutely giving back to the community with regards to cycling. And so I was thinking, you know, I raced for eight years, I've been coaching. How can I give back? So this is where I started this series called. Uh, Secrets from the saddle, and I have reached out to all sorts of um, amazing lead in the industry of cycling to bring you the series because we have um, we have so many amazing coaches in this area in this country, and I just happen to um, be able to get to know some of them and uh, so that's what we're doing. We have coaches, pro athletes, elite athletes, triathletes, Ironman athletes, yards, people in the industry who have a hand. So like your local um, cycling uh, shop or someone who develops, you know, uh, frames for cyclists, like talking to people like that who have built the industry over the years and so that's why I created this series called uh, Secrets from the Saddle and I am ecstatic to be able to bring Hunter out I've never met him I know him through osmosis through through the industry and but he has an absolute massive hand in a lot of things that have been happening lately and I am okay before I introduce him, so this is Hunter up in the corner, I'm just going to give a little bit of a background, then he's going to tell us more. Okay, so here we go. Hunter Allen, he has a BA in economics, he has a husband and three kids, and he's in Virginia, so it's not very far from me, maybe not far from you. He is uh, the legendary cycling coach, as I mentioned, um, and uh, he also is the co-author of Training racing with power meters. So if you're a cyclist and you wanna increase your performance, going power is the way to go. Um, he's also co-author of Cutting Edge Cycling. He is the developer of Training Peaks. So a lot of us might have had um, the you know, experience to have coached with that uh, software or actually been an athlete that has been coached the software, which I was one and I use it as a coach as well and I thought it was phenomenal I loved it. Um, In 96 he founded his own coaching uh, services which is Peaks Coaching Group so we have that link in our feed below and um, he's a top expert in the world of coaching of endurance athletes with power meters another keyword power meters um, maximum training like, for use with power. So, it's like his uh, it's like, uh, philosophy is power helps discover your strengths and weaknesses. And it certainly does because you cannot cheat the power meter. And I'm sure uh, Hunter will attest to that. And founder, uh, and uh, sorry, he was a former pro cyclist, so he has. Definitely, and this is probably where all his insight to power training comes from Uh, as a pro cyclist for 17 years in Europe, um, South America, US, and Canada. And I have to mention that he is also a lover of Isogenics pro uh, performance uh, uh, food for athletes and um, coupled with good nutrition and power. You're unstoppable. All right, so before we get into Hunter, we have some really, really exciting stuff for you guys. So now, um, if you like or comment, participate, you will get a message, an email from me, or a message or a link from me that will give you a code. You have to sign up for it to get hunters exclusive 12 week winter training program so you're going to get a rebate of $20 US and it's a $100 value so you guys you got to go for it if you're a cyclist and you're training or share this if you share us with friends you'll get the same link to get that coupon and i will personally send you my top 9 hill climbing drills that are going to help you get better on the hill so coupled with that and Hunter's amazing program next season you're gonna be unstoppable so remember that you're gonna get that if you like or comment you'll be sent a link to sign up to get those two free so his his uh, coupon and my favorite nine hill climbing drills so, without ado, let let's introduce Hunter, and he is going to, our first little question is, he's going to give you uh, a little bit of background on himself, and um, how we got started in all of this. Hunter. Hey. way. Yeah,
1: thanks for having me on here, this is really cool. Uh, you know, cycling has been a passion of mine forever, and uh, I started racing bicycles when I was 11 and uh, kept on, you know, racing all throughout high school and then into college, and then afterwards found that uh, I had some, some decent talent at it, and so I raced in Europe and around the United States and was a pro for a while, so a lot of fun, incredible journey, and uh, one of those things that um, you know, gave me incredible perspective about uh, how I wanted to live my life and how I wanted to make that living as, as well. So, uh, how can I continue to to be a cyclist and make a living from that? And one of the things that I really wanted as an athlete was I wanted I wanted a coach. Right? I didn't have a coach back in the '90s. There was nobody who was uh who was really coaching and so for me i felt like i'm lost two or three years of just hit and miss and trial and error and just like ah, i couldn't get this right you know um where if i had somebody to just take me under their wing and just okay this is what you got to do you know here's how to do this um that would have been a really really big big moment for me so that was where i really started saying okay how can i make this a coaching business and what can i do from that from that perspective so that was 97 96 and um you know the internet was just kind of starting and i had a young uh, athlete who is a uh, very talented com- or is a very talented computer programmer and he said hey you know i don't really have a lot of money but i'll build you a website and i was like what's a website and uh he's like oh it's like a business card online you know you you need one i'm like dude I. I got business cards. I don't need one of these things. He's like, ah, you only want one. So um, I was like, okay. So he built me a website, and that launched in 97. It was the first coaching website uh, for cycling. And instantly we had all kinds of clients, and I realized, oh, I have a business here. This is a big demand. <laughs> so that was good. So, um, so, so that, that really was the start of, of Peaks Coaching Group. And, uh, around 2000, um, 1999, a client bought a power meter. And so he said, Hey, you know, would you coach me with this power meter thing? And I was like, well, you know, I didn't have one when I was a pro or anything, but I can certainly try. Uh, and so we started working together and I realized that I needed one for myself. Like I didn't understand, you know, is 200 Watts good. Is a thousand Watts better? What, what does that mean? So I started to really like dive into it training again and uh and then once we started to really train i started to train again and have a good relationship with it for myself then i realized okay here's we need a lot more data we need to understand this so uh he and i actually started a company called cycling peaks software and we launched cycling peak software in 2003 or yeah 2003 and it's become uh it, it became the gold standard so that was a really big deal. And then along came some guys named uh, TrainingBible.com, Joe Friel, Dirk Friel, and another guy, Gear Fisher. And we merged our two companies together. So Training Bible and Cycling Peaks became Training Peaks. So that was how the software really started from that perspective. Um, and so I was really in charge of all of the on or the desktop software our, our analysis software and that's what I did and from there then uh, dr Coggin and I wrote wrote uh, training with the power meter and you know we were just like well, we need to write a book about this stuff and tell people share it with the world so yeah, yeah really excited
0: it's uh using a power meter is very eye-opening and I love your the training piece is still around right because you oh yeah Yeah. So, um, as a coach, if you're a cycling coach, this is a a software you definitely want to buy into to manage your, like your, your cyclists. And I loved it as a client, I guess, of my coach because everything was sent there and you, and it, it was set up and all I had to do was go in and look at what I had to do. And then I could write, you know, notes and stuff like that. I thought it was exceptional, you know, over sending you know stuff through email. Like you could just log into your account. So I love the the way that it was very set up and user friendly. And as a coach, (laughs) managing on the other scale, it was great. And I loved how you can drag and drop and create and find stuff and you know it's not like reinventing the wheel, but you had a lot of content in there. Yep,
1: absolutely. Yeah, and it, and it really is, I mean, that's one of the things that, you know, we set out to, to, to share the knowledge and, and realize that uh, a lot of different tools needed to be developed part, as part of that. Um, and so, uh, and, and there's a step-by-step process with which you um, basically use this, how to use that. And that's what Dr. Coggin and our book is all about uh, and so we've been very very uh, wildly successful beyond what we could even imagine uh, it's been translated into eight different languages now uh, most recently it was translated into Chinese um, I'm going to China uh, for the month of December <laughs> to do three different camps four different camps in China so China is about to explode with this knowledge can I go and, uh, <laughs> sure come can on you a female I to...
0: coach I can do that
1: absolutely <laughs> You need an assistant me coach that'd be great
0: i'm serious you so, gotta keep uh, in mind. female coaches <laughs> we need a lot of those
1: <laughs> yes absolutely it's really, uh, that's a really good point
0: yeah um so, all right uh, yeah. sorry
1: go ahead next question
0: yeah okay so moving along um now we just we got into your background and we talked about training peaks the software now this is a big thing like i don't know how many people use swift swift it's not swift it's swift i was looking that up and i was <laughs> like <"Ooh." laughs> i spelled it wrong but this is a massive movement for cyclists and we've had a conversation about this um, with regards to the growth of cycling and racing outside but like let's just talk first about how your hand was in it to create to, to make it a little bit more robust right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then yeah. let's talk about where like the evolution is going with this
1: all right cool absolutely so um... Zwift is a, an incredible online, uh, essentially kind of a gaming thing where you can ride your bicycle online. You have a little avatar, and, and uh, so thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of cyclists are riding this now. And, um, you know, it's been very interesting to see. They approached me initially and said, hey, Hunter, would you be willing to write a bunch of training plans for us so that we can share those with the world? And I said, of course, that'd be awesome. So uh, we, we did, uh, let's see, a, a century plan, a winter plan, uh, maybe a threshold improvement plan, and uh, I think one more. And we got those inside Zwift along with a bunch of my workouts. And so, uh, oh, I think the Hunter's Challenge is mine. I, of course, that's mine, too. That's one that's a really hard one. <laughs> so, um, but, hey, you know, you got you to gotta have a good hard one every once yes, in a while, too. Yes,
0: you do. That one day a week intense yeah. workout of course if it's yours it better be worth <laughs> it better be signature yep.
1: it better be so we had a um so it's been it that's been really really fun to see that being adopted by tons and tons of cyclists uh now what's happened out of that it's the same thing that's happening kind of in the gaming world it's called esports so esports are uh this way to okay i'm, I'm playing fortnite or uh you know dota or whatever these esport games are and then they actually are are winning tons and tons of money in these esports so a company uh called cyclogent uh they have what's called cvrworldcup.com they have created a esport for cyclists so the past two years been working on this with uh, uh the ceo frank garcia and uh you know it's uh incredible the first place prize money uh for the most recent one was uh over seven thousand dollars
0: don't say yeah. it <laughs>
1: <laughs> and yeah, it was prize money for both women and men of course and uh you know to just kind of you know give yourself a little comparison you know, the first place prize money to win, like one of the most prestigious women's races in Europe, the pro she won, like, uh, Anna Verbruggen, she won like $1,700 for one of the hardest classics in the world.
0: That's just so wrong.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like now online, not necessarily online. The race was in person. It was in a velodrome, you know, and, and Vancouver was the most recent one. And, uh, that winner, she won seven, over seven thousand dollars, and so that's an incredible change in in this idea of wow, we can have a place where um, everybody can race. You don't have to be necessarily a, a professional athlete. They have categories, and so you're different having different categories, and you have the chance to win big money and race in this virtual world. So it's it's uh it's really pretty pretty mind boggling to be honest.
0: It is mind boggling how everything is going, but it was like particularly mind boggling about cycling because, you know, as we were talking, um, we talked about, you know, trying to build the sport outside when everybody is tending to come inside now and um, how is that going to affect, you know, athletes who you know might want to or have the caliber of being an olympic cycling athlete right they got to come out of the basement and get onto the road to qualify and i think we, right. we talked about how how this is kind of affecting that
1: yeah and that so so that's one of the things right i mean um it, you know that's one of the reasons why we race we race because Um, you, you know, we, you know, so many different things happen in a race, there's tactics, there's strategies, you can get a flat tire, you know, some people are better on hills, some people are better in a sprint. And so that's one of the reasons why we race. We don't just show up at a race Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, here's our power to watt or, you know, watts per kilogram ratio for this. So I win, you know, um, (laughs) you know, and so, so that's, that's a big part of it. So when, when people are rotting indoors, uh, there's, there's this, Lack of technical ability needed versus, okay, how are you going to go down this mountain? You know, you got to be able to know how to ride on a wheel, you got to know when to attack, you got to know when to save energy. And so that's a really critical piece. Uh, and it will always be a part of cycling, of course. So, so we've got uh, one of the things that we did was um, each person would gain points throughout the season, and those points then accumulate. And so then at the uh, end of the season, the top 10 women who had the most points and the top 10 men who had the most points were invited to a camp. And so they came to a cycling camp and we, we had that in, in L.A. or north of L.A. anyway, in a really beautiful area. Lots of climbing, lots of rolling hills. You know, we did sprint day we raced each other. We, we did climbing day. You know, we had big, long day, a hundred mile ride. We had all those things that we, that we worked on. And then at the end of that camp, they had a couple of days of rest and then they raced each other on indoor trainers, on smart trainers, on Cyclops hammers in the LA velodrome inside Zwift. And so these riders, and that was like a really critical thing, especially for me, you know, was, and you know, you too, I mean, we come from the outdoor world of cycling. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's like, yeah, you know, they have to be real cyclists. You can't just be hanging out in your basement and and become this amazing cyclist. Yeah.
0: Yes, I think people are, so let me ask you, how did they measure up outside compared to their numbers from inside?
1: Yeah. Um, really interestingly, uh, so, um, there was one rider who had been racing for 20 years and, uh, he was in the top 10 and, uh, he was really crushing everybody outdoors. I mean, just absolutely crushing them outdoors. He knew how to ride, he knew how to draft, he knew how to sprint. He knew all of the tactics and everything, um, the rest of the riders were relatively beginner riders. I mean, not I mean 2 years. They've been riding for a couple of years. We had a couple of riders who really didn't ride outside much at all. Uh, so it was it was kind of one of those things where at at the end of our 4-day camp we're like, "Okay, the guy who's been riding outside and we're racing for 20 years, he's going to kill everybody in these races because he's just got so much better skills and all this." So but when we put him on the on the indoor races, he wasn't up to speed on necessarily how Zwift worked indoors and all of these little different things like power-ups and what do you do on the keyboard and how do you draft inside the game and, and strategy inside the game. And so he ended up not really doing well because he didn't know the game of it. Um, and so... That was really fascinating for me because uh, the other riders who were good cyclists they just have, and didn't have the racing experience, but they really knew the game. Then it like oh wow they did really really well. Uh-huh. So it's it's kind of a little bit like you know you got a track racer you got a cyclocross racer you know you, you know you kind of have to train in one or the other and know that. And I think that it's going to be interesting as we see go fo- as we go forward what's going to happen. You're going to have riders who are going to be having some of a set of both skills and maybe specializing in one or the other, but uh, it was it was really interesting. So
0: how do you like so how do you work with that or is there like a market to, you know, because gamers are indoors, like you know, like the ones who are most experienced, they they sat on their bike all the time inside. Yep. How do you like where do you go from there like or is there a place to go or did you just keep it the same
1: Right Well you know I think one of the biggest drivers of people riding indoors on these on in Zwift or other virtual worlds is the fact that um there are a lot of people who love cycling um but have very limited time and so they mm-hmm. spend a lot of time indoors on their trainer you know they get up early in the morning I'm going to knock this workout out in the first hour and a half or something from 6 o'clock to 7 in the morning or 5 to 6 in the morning. And then they go on with their day. They've got busy jobs. They've got family. They've got kids. They've got soccer after school. I mean, they've got all those things in their life. And so this is a great way they can match that up with their life. Now on the weekend, okay, cool. I've got plenty of time. You know, I can go out, go do a four or five hour ride on the weekend. I just get up early and I'm out riding. and back by noon. You know, then I can do all the family stuff that I need to do. So I think that's really one of the things that's driving that. And to me, I, that's a good thing because it, number one, it makes sure that people are training correctly. They're they're gaining some really incredible fitness while um, you know being able to maximize their, their time constraints. And then two, they still have this love of cycling. They still get to go outside on the weekends. They get to mm-hmm. ride wherever they want to ride. They still get the long rides. They still have the skills. So I'm, that's, that's my hope is that that's going to continue.
0: I know. Look, <laughs> I'm ready for the winter. I actually have right. a Trainer. Is it not sad that that company is no longer in existence?
1: I know, what a bummer. Those guys made some great products. They really did. I'm really
0: happy that I still have mine Um, and the software that goes with it because we're talking power. I think they were like, it's too bad that, I don't know, for whatever reason, it it didn't end up growing or didn't market it right or whatever that caused them to fold. But they had like the premier product um, for power, like, Power, and it's surprising somebody hasn't picked that up really
1: yeah well and and you can use that I mean that's a great example because you can use that and connect that to Zwift so you can ride on your CompuTrainer inside Zwift and and that's a great thing you know and I think that you should you know look into that and figure out how you want to do that because that'll be fun for you and um, and then
0: (laughs) I think I'm one of those people I'm like no i'm not going to go there yet (laughs) it was kind of like facebook in uh 2007 oh my god that's so crazy why would i do that right oh my gosh it makes your business and it probably make me uh, yeah i'm probably gonna have to migrate there myself but
1: absolutely definitely got to definitely got to (laughs) we'll get you on there We'll get you in some races, you know. Maybe you'll be the next winner.
0: Oh, jeez. Oh, you're so cute, Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, for a minute, thought, hmm, maybe I could make my comeback at fifty. Inside, there you go. Virtual world, right? <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. I don't know. I'll think. I'll, I'll have to think about that. I have to find a. I'd have to find a laptop to dedicate to it, because I heard that. You know, that's one of those things. And you're just like, okay, what laptop can I, like, dedicate to my training? But, um, exactly. Yeah. So so is there anything else you can tell us about? I don't know. Like, your experiences is, mm-hmm. is worldly. Mm-hmm. Like, if you were to be able to put something out there to somebody, what would it be?
1: Right. Well, I, I think that, um, you know, a couple of things come to mind really is, Number one, um, from, from uh, a training perspective, the, uh, there's, a, there's one of the things that, that – uh, there's this kind of place that you get to, and we call it training stagnation. Um, I also refer to it as, as that glass ceiling of fitness that you get to eventually, and, and you, you can't break through that. Like, how do I get up to that next level? What do I need to do to break through uh, and I think that that's, that's a, a real common question that I get from a lot of athletes, and uh, especially riders who are over 35. You know, again, they're trying to balance so many different things in their lives, they're trying to make these things happen, you know, kids, family, business, all this, right? And we want
0: um, it all. When... We just want it all. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. We want it all. Exactly. When, when am I going to sleep? Um,
0: yeah, I know. Hey, anyway. I don't need to eat, I just need to do everything. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Just get a bar and a gel on the run. You're fine. <laughs>
0: there we go. We found the right solution, though, for that.
1: <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Um, so the the, um, the 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 solution to this problem is that uh, at least one time a month, preferably two times a month, if you can, you really need to carve out time on the weekend and go for that five-hour ride go for that long ride you know go out there and and put that in the bank because when you do i mean you can train really smart on the during the week you can do ftp intervals vo2 max intervals all these different very specific intervals addressing different energy systems and that's important super important but at the same time your your ftp is never gonna really improve past it that certain glass ceiling until you create additional training stress and so you get that additional training stress from those long rides and that's when you go out and say okay i'm going to do the five hour ride i'm going to do 45 minutes at my sweet spot just underneath my ftp and i'm going to do three really hard hill intervals that are going to be vo2 max intervals and i'm going to do an hour at, uh, you know, a solid endurance pace. And then I'm going to do some sprints. And then, you know, with 45 minutes to go or an hour to go, I'm going to stop at a store and I'm going to get an energy drink and I'm just going to drill it all the way home, you know? <laughs> and, and those kind of rides, I call those my kitchen sink rides because you're doing everything, right? You putting everything in there. You're trying to make it all happen.
0: So it's not just you're- like you're like this. Right. Like, you know, like an Ironman, I would say like an Ironman athlete, but they, they're just so used to, like, the tempo, the right. the one pace. Exactly. That but steady so- state. That,
1: that That's good for a little bit, but, you know, cycling has a, a bit of everything. We have incredible speed changes that you need to be ready for. You've got to be able to go mm-hmm. up short, hard hills. You've got to be able to go long climbs. You've got to be able to be – fast at the end of the race. I mean, that's when the the race is won is at the very end of that. So, you really have to push that from that perspective. And so, but the key to this kind of a workout, this kitchen sink workout to help you break through that glass ceiling of fitness is that you finish really fatigued, right? Now, I don't I don't want you cramping up, all right? No cramps. Cramp muscle cramps are not allowed because muscle cramps that tears muscle, that's bad, okay? So, we don't want to do that. But you know, if you're riding back into town and you're three or four kilometers away from home and your muscles are kind of, like, twitching, like, okay, I'm going to cramp if you're not careful here, that's that's what I want. Because that's deep muscular fatigue, right? You push your muscles to the very limit, right? You push them to the very edge before that you've, like, gone over the edge and hurt them. And then your cardiovascular system is also heavily fatigued because of that. So then you finish, you're like, oh, man, I'm done. Now I need my Isogenics recovery shake. Now I need all the, you know, massage that I can do, self-massage. I need to get in a bath of Epsom salts, whatever. But you need to make those things happen. So then you recover. But those kind of rides are really critical to breaking through that glass ceiling of fitness. So... That that's really a, a super important point. I think we all need to
0: remember. I think that's a that's a that's great advice, and that's actually something that I've never done. Well, ah. and I think maybe because um, when I used to ride, so like Saturday is my long ride, so it would be like three, I guess three to four hours depending. Mm-hmm. I never did like a full five. I guess as a woman racing, I think maximum, my maximum race time was like, or race distance was like 90, a hundred kilometers, like once. Um, and then everything was like 60, 80. So, so yeah, but I love it. I think that's a great idea. Like the kitchen sink kind of thing. Like everything's in there. You're just not out there for like a steady state 90 RPM, you know, zone two ride. It's like, up, down, fast, slow, recovery, quick, finish, like uh, full, fully spent. Absolutely. Can I do that Uh, in an hour? Hunter, can I do that in an hour? (laughs) (laughs) I need to do this quickly. I can't, (laughs) like, oh my God, don't talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) How do I get this faster? (laughs) Is there a pill? (laughs) (laughs) No, but I love that. And um, with that, if you if, do, you have any other tips or advice?
1: Well, your winter is really important, right? So the the, the other thought that I have is is what you do this winter is really going to make your season. So it, it truly it truly is this critical piece of how you build this what I call the power foundation. Like I, I really don't like calling it the base your base training because. Base training for me conjures up this idea of I'm going to go out and ride my bike for really slow for three or four hours. Like, you know, you, you don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. I mean, who has time for that? Unless you're like a pro cyclist, we don't have time for that, right? So it's like we need like a foundation of fitness. So I call it the power foundation. And then what that means is we're going to ride more intensely but a little shorter, but not so intensely that we become a January star. You know, we're flying in January and then nowhere in April. Okay. You've seen those
0: people. I think, yeah, I've seen those people or they just, what I see a lot of in, you know, I love all my cycling friends, but like race hard all summer, cyclocross season in the fall, Get on their fast bikes and cross country ski all winter. And I'm just like, when do you give your body a break?
1: Right. Yep. What do you have exactly. to say
0: to those guys? Because Absolutely. I'm all that's about recovery. Like I'm like, yep. fall off, that's right. I get back on my bike kinda in January. Um yep. yeah.
1: Yeah. That's 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 a that's so important, right? You have to recharge your battery. So you have this this big race season, and then, you know, right now, October, right? October is the perfect month to just recharge your battery. Like, get off the bike, do something different, recover, get extra sleep, do all the things that you need to do, catch up with, and then start your official winter training program in November. It's like, okay, boom, boom, here's November, we're ready to start, and then we're good to go, and you've got those three months that you've got to, you can focus on, but your battery's recharged, and the key is that you keep your battery charged all winter long, right? So in the beginning of the season, let's say April, your battery starts at 100%, then it starts to go down, you know, you know, you go and you work really hard, it goes to 93, and you recover to 100, and it goes to 90, and you recover to 100, and then it goes down to 89, and you recover to 97 then it goes down to 85 and you recover it to 95 and then by the end of the season your 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 battery's down to 80 and you're only recovering it back to 90 or maybe even lower and so what really needs to happen then at that point is like oh october comes let's recharge our battery back to 100 then what we'll do is we'll keep that battery charged to 100 so through the winter we decharge it to 97 back to 100 97 mm-hmm. back to 100 back you know and that's what really helps prevent you from becoming that January star. Yeah. Uh, and so then that way you're, you've got a really solid plan that keeps you fit, that builds that power foundation. Don't lose what you've got, right? Because you worked really hard to get that all season. But let's keep that fitness going so that then you peak when you want to peak.
0: So what do you say to the guys? Okay, so Swift is there and they can race every weekend, I'm sure or every night of the week. What every day. Think? Yeah. So you cannot be in race mode all the time. Like, especially in the winter. Um, I guess everybody has different goals, obviously, for the season, like whether you just want to be ready to ride hard all summer, you're not into racing or anything, or you're, you do it for a training base for racing. But I suppose anybody who's racing seriously has should have a program to keep them from overtraining in the winter. But yep. what do you say to those people? Cause like I've seen them and then come April, they're so burnt out and tired or injured or sick or whatnot from, from the winter. What do you yeah. say? Like what are your well, advice? Uh,
1: yeah, a couple things. I mean, um, one, uh, you know, having that plan and sticking to it in the winter is really critical. So you, you, you can't just randomly, haphazardly say, okay, I'm just going to train hard all winter long.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: in, in Zwift, you can literally race five times a day. I mean, there's races probably happening right now inside Zwift. So, um, you know, it's like if you're, if you're the race addict and you got to race, then, you know, pick one day a week that's your race day. And maybe it's every two weeks to do it. But you really, like you said, too, I mean, you've got to just give yourself a little break. So that's important. Um, I've got a great winter training program that I built. It's $99. It's a great winter training program. It lasts 12 weeks. It's got weight weight training in there because I think that can help muscle groups, right? Help us be a little more well-rounded as athletes coming into the next season. And then that also keeps you on track, right? It won't let you train too hard. And at the same time, it makes sure that you're building that foundation a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, all the way up. So that that way you're ready when, okay, the end of January comes, February comes. All right, now let's start to build threshold power. Let's start to build some race-specific stuff if we're going to race in April. So my winter training program is is a really great way to to keep that focused.
0: Yeah, and I was that was my last question was going to be about weight training in the winter. Mm. Important.
1: Yeah, so I'm um, so there's a lot of different studies on weight training. Um, there's no real proof that says okay, weight training is going to make you a better. Uh, faster, stronger cyclists, right? And so it's not like, oh, wow, I'm going to lift weights and I'm gonna, my FTP is going to go up to 400 watts. Unless right? you're a it's track not. racer. Track racing is different, right? Yeah. They've got big muscles, boom, they're on the track, they're going to sprint. That's really the strength that they need.
0: Yeah. For the
1: rest of us, for the road cyclists, mountain bikers, cyclists, everybody else, weight training, I believe, is really important because it helps to balance our muscle groups. I mean, we're kind of weird people, right? I mean, we're right around in this little crunch position, and we never extend our legs, and we never open our chest up, and, you know, and all these different weird muscles develop. And so, exactly, you got to sit up straight, all these things. Um, so, that's a, um, weight training helps to bring that in. It helps to balance muscle groups, which, to me, is really critical because it prevents injury in the next season. So I want to make sure that my athletes aren't injured next year, have that overuse injury. So that makes it – I think that really helps. Um, Now, if you're one of those athletes that uh, just goes in the weight room and looks at the weights and you instantly gain like five kilos of muscle mass, probably you should go take a yoga class or a Pilates class instead, okay? (laughs) So that may not be a good thing for you. So just keep that in mind because there are lots of those – out cyclists out there as well we don't want to gain a lot of muscle mass so it's really critical that the weight training program that you have is periodized we do hypertrophy we're working on more repetitions some weeks then we have strength building other weeks so that's a real key part of it so i'm a big believer in strength training in the off season not necessarily again from the perspective of oh this is going to make my ftp go higher but this is going to make me just more rounded and prevent injuries, and I'm gonna be a better, you know, I'm gonna be healthier, so to speak.
0: Yeah, I like it um, because one thing is um, working separate legs, so, you know, working out the imbalances and muscles, because we tend to, you know, maybe use one leg more than the other because it's just automatically maybe stronger. But getting into the the gym and doing you know alternate leg uh, extensions or uh, curls or whatever really does you see the differences in in the legs and I find as a coach that that's really really important and key for like you said mm-hmm. being very balanced and so you don't have to worry like you know less chance of injury right yeah. right yeah, yeah so absolutely. everybody. Yeah, so we mentioned this that, uh, so we're going to bring it to a close. And Hunter has brought in some amazing uh, tips and stuff for us. So as a reminder, if you like and comment below, you basically have till Sunday, October 6th, I think, um, to...
1: Uh, seventh, October
0: seventh until the seventh, so Sunday the seventh to like and comment, and we will. I will be sending you a link that you can get a rebate coupon to get that twelve week winter program that Hunter was just talking about. So you get his um, training, weights, periodize everything, six week program. I'll put the link below. You can check it out and. If you want to get that $20 coupon and get this, make a like or comment on this post and we will be sending you that link. You sign up and then after that, you'll be sent the uh, coupon that you can then apply to get uh, your course, uh, get your winter program. And get set up, get ready to bring it next spring um, with the right program. And I will also be giving out my favorite nine hill climbing drills. So along with Hunter's amazing program, you can exercise some of these on your hills outside. Um, And with that, and also let's mention amazing nutrition that we both use and, you know, recommend to our clients. And that's Isogenics. We'll send a link to you as well. And with that, have an amazing Thanksgiving, everybody. Um, And thank you so much, Hunter. I will have to come down and ride with you one day Um, since I know you're like 13 hours away. Nothing. (laughs) Come down for a ride. Absolutely. But I want to thank Hunter. I mean, this is such a pleasure having you on here and talking to you and you know you know having you as a friend and in the cycling world we need to stick together as guys so um, with that thank you very much and have yourself an amazing weekend bye Hunter.
1: all right thank you you bet thanks. great
0: thanks a lot bye bye Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast, learning more about citing people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful.